Inspired, sharing your journey. It's just past the top of the hour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Randall Kazel, and we're coming to you from the Church of Pine Island, St. Michael Catholic Church, that is, Pine Island, Minnesota. And we're going to be talking with someone who has been a real rock, remaining by her son's side as he goes through surgeries trying to relieve pressure on his brain. Kim, Kim Heilman will share her journey of faith through this difficult process and talk about how it is actually, through God's goodness, brought her family closer together. Good morning, Kim. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, it's great to uh, have you on the air with us. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes, sure. Um, my husband and I have seven children. Our eldest just turned 13, or will here in a, in a week or so. And our son, uh, Paul... When he, he is number three, he has a twin brother. When he was three years old, uh, about seven years ago, he quit running, quit jumping, and had a, couldn't look at bright lights, and we obviously knew something was very wrong. And we found out very quickly that he had an arachnoid cyst on his brain. Mm. And so they were able to put a shunt in uh, to get that fluid out to relieve pressure in his brain. No problem. We didn't have a problem with it for seven years. Hmm. And then last year, at about this time, he started vomiting, um, having severe migraines and vomiting for three, four days at a time, once a month. And it was very terrifying. We took him to multiple doctors, but his scans always showed up that, oh, you know, the shunt is working. But um, eventually we ended up, he, he, uh, it, it increased in frequency um, and intensity, and we finally ended up at Mayo. And they were able to put a pressure monitor in his brain, uh, this stick. I think, Father Cable, you were there and you saw it one time. Is that correct? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they were able to measure the pressure levels in his brain, and they were very high in the 40s, 30s and 40s. And then they would come back down after um, vomiting and whatever else. And we've had multiple surgeries. We've had to go through multiple surgeries. The first one was in May, and he's had nine others since then. He's home now again. Um, but it's been, it's been very, very difficult on our, on our family, but also a, a great blessing, a great blessing, too. Um, we've just seen Christ in so many different ways from so many different people. Of course, you, Father Cagle, have visited us in Rochester multiple times. My husband and I have had to take turns, you know, going back and forth between surgeries, but so you've seen some of it. Yes, I've seen some of this, Kim, and and I must say, you and you and uh, Sean have done uh, an amazing job handling all of this. I know it's not been easy, but I think many people have been praying for you. So in a way, it's a little bit of an update. I've I know when I've been on, I've asked people to pray for uh, your family, especially for Paul. And uh, you mentioned Paul is at home. How is he doing right now? Is everything stable for him? Um, he is. Uh, so we've been home now for three weeks, the longest we've been home since July. And, but he is having daily headaches. They're very small. He's able to function. Uh, we go back again in a couple of weeks, and they'll decide. There's a, He now has two shunts in, one in his spine and one in his brain, and then they'll decide if they want to do a, a further surgery that's uh, m- much more intense where they slice 
they peel back your skin from ear to ear and then they take apart your skull and put it back together with a little bit more room. But that um, will be, we'll see what happens here in, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah I, wanted, well, I wanted to, you mentioned the prayer. That's been um, such a beautiful thing to witness and other people praying for us. Because we've had to do many emergency drives through the night. Because once he starts vomiting, it's only a matter of time before he'll have, you know, surge or seizures or um, he'll mm. he'll black out or whatever. So when he starts vomiting, we have to drive to Rochester. Well, from Bismarck, and actually we live north of Mandan. It's about an eight-hour drive, and wow. we've had to leave you know, all hours of the night. And um, I'll never forget the one drive. Our friends knew that we were leaving, and a, a good friend of ours set up. Um, there, the families were praying through through the night. Were getting up and and praying for us. And as it was it was my turn, I was driving Paul through. And you can't stop to pull over, you know, to vomit every time because you you lose you lose time. We have a system, you know. We've got buckets and bags and whatever else. But it was so beautiful to me. Uh, you know, it was. Midnight, 1 a.m., you know, I'm driving, flying, trying to get to, to Rochester, but feeling, feeling that, um, that especially Mary, we've been asking her to hold Paul and, and to take care of us, um, feeling, feeling her with us, and then, you know, watching him go through this, um, it's terrible, it's a terrible thing for a parent to witness the suffering of a child, and you can't help but think of Mary at the foot of the cross watching Jesus. Yes. Yes, and that's when I've had the chance to visit with you and Sean Kim, and then also with Paul, that's one of the things that has been inspiring to me, and and Paul does his best through all this. What what have you seen in your son as he's experienced this particular cross in his life? How how has that affected him in these ways uh, with our Lord and in his spiritual life? Oh, it's it's incredible to witness. He um, he can handle a lot of suffering. Um, and, and I really think it's, it's through, it's, obviously Jesus is supporting him through prayer, and, and every time he has about, you know, we'll ask him, Paul, you know, who are you? We'll, we'll pray with him and ask him, you know, what are your intentions? Um, and he's always got one. And uh, the, the, one, the one time when we were in the ICU and everything was going wrong, I mean, there was blood in his brain, his shunt was blocked, he was having seizures, I mean, it was crazy. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. He was his heart rate was dropping into the forties. He would quit breathing for ten to fifteen seconds and then um, oh. kind of jerk himself back. And during that that time, I'll just never forget it because he was saying, "I'm praying for Card- ex Cardinal McCarrick." Oh, and was, yeah. Mm. And he told me that too one time my, when I was visiting. Yeah, and in my heart, I was like, "Oh, my son, my son." Oh. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I told him. Uh, I remember telling him that the his his sacrifice, his his life is a, a basically spiritual gold. Uh, that there is a, our Lord is doing something mysterious in this, and I think for any of uh, any any soul or young souls who have a, have a cross in this way, but you know, I, it's it's so commendable. Uh, I I also laugh and smile a little bit. One time this summer, I visited, and Paul wanted to play foosball. Uh, no, yes, and now I, he loves playing foosball. <laughs> I played him. I played him once, and uh, and then uh, Paul he beat me fair and square. Although I, I would say he didn't think he was going to. I, I think I beat him the first two games. But that was great. <laughs> but you know, one one 
thing inspired me too, Kim, is that is the resiliency of you and Sean. And that I, I, my impression is this has strengthened your marriage, your vocation together. Can you speak to that a little bit? How has this affected you, uh, not only with Paul but with all your children? You have seven children. Yes, yes, certainly. I mean, how could we do this without Jesus? How could you couldn't? You would go mad. You would go mad. You'd go crazy, and and you would literally be angry at God. I mean, you, you could go that route. I mean, it's either you're going to be angry at God for allowing this beautiful, innocent boy to suffer, or you're just going to have to accept it and and know that God is allowing it for a reason. And, I mean, yeah, certainly my husband, Sean, and I, how could I do it without Sean? How could he do it without me? We couldn't. Um, he's My husband has been just a bulwark of prayer in all of this, and um I couldn't. We couldn't do it without each other. It's um. It's been very difficult. And like I said, this is the longest stretch we've been together as a family since July. Um. And every time, and even so, I, I mean, you know, my son, you can see it in his eyes when he when he begins to suffer. I'm sure, as any parent can, when they're taught, you know it right away, even before they say it. And your heart, I mean, it just sinks, <laughs> and you have to stop. And it's like, no, it's okay. God has always taken care of us. We've we've always made it to Rochester in time. We've, um, you know, no matter no matter what happens. I mean, for the faith. I mean, you you have to know that God is in charge and He's allowing it for a reason, even though we may not like it. (laughs) Yep. And can you speak a little bit about the the prayers? That one of the one of the uh, inspiring moments I had with you when the last time you were down here, I believe, is that we we stopped. We prayed the rosary together. And uh, the boys knelt and were praying the rosary, and it just was a a powerful moment for me. And I think it, but I'm wondering maybe in your, how how has this all this infected your family, your maybe your family prayer? Yes, Um, certainly. We we've always prayed the rosary together as a family daily for years. We've done this now. We never used to. I suppose I don't I don't know how many years we have been now, but even in the midst of being separated, and the other children know, too. I mean, and it's so hard on them because, you know, the little ones, you know, why, why can't Paul be with us? You know, why why can't Jesus just heal him? And we have, you know, we don't know, but let, let's pray the rosary together as a family. And so, um, yes, and it was such a beautiful moment, too, when you came because that was um, a really hard week for us. This, this was the last time we were there. And mm-hmm. to be able to have a priest lead the rosary for you know, for our family and with us, is, um, yeah, it's, it's very consoling. Well, I think I was the one consoled. <laughs> it was yeah. it was it was so inspiring. I know this sounds odd, probably to say that, but I was very very pleased to be there. And uh, you know, it was uh, I probably received as much benefit as any any that were there. Uh, it's a wonderful inspiration. Um, do do you most... see? Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Kim. One of the most beautiful um, um, moments, you mentioned, we mentioned the rosary here, was uh, in between one of these hospital uh, stays, I was visiting with an, another mom, and she said to me, um, she said, our family had never prayed a rosary together, but when we heard about what your family was going through, my husband gathered us all. And we all prayed our first rosary together. Wow. And I, I thought that was so beautiful. I mean, that is God beautiful. works in such mysterious ways. There are so many beautiful things happening through this. 
another at an, another time. And so many things we'll never know. I mean, all the beautiful hidden sacrifices that people make that we'll, we'll never know about. God is so good. I had to take the Paul. You know, he's got multiple stitches across his forehead and you know um, everywhere. And so they always the doctors have to cut that hair. You know, cut that hair back every surgery. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, in between surgeries, get his hair cut so it would be, you know, a little bit more even, easier. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I took the three boys, because they were able to come visit. This was the last time around. And we went to a, a hair-cutting place. And I was explaining to the gal, like, you know, don't worry about the bumps on his head. He's got valves and catheters, you know, and it's like, but just, mm-hmm. you know, careful for the stitches so you don't snag one open. And a man was listening. And I, I didn't realize this, but, you know, and then they, the, the boys were getting their hair cut. And then I went to pay afterwards, and he had paid for everyone. He, wow. and, and it was so, it just touched my heart that people would, complete strangers who don't even know us, you know, who, who see what's happening. And, and, yeah, we've been blessed in so many, so many ways like that, little ways. That is inspiring. Uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. It's 14 minutes past the hour. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Randall Kazel. We're talking with Kim Kim Heilman about a really difficult situation that she and her family, her son in particular, have been going through, and how faith has played a role in that. And Father Kazel has been walking through this uh, with the family, and I just can't help but think about you know what my own wife has been going through with dealing with cancer, and she has been away from full time work for a while and has been considering getting back into the the workforce, but then when she received this diagnosis, she went on Facebook, she actually posted something that says, God has hired me now. Yes. God oh. has hired me. Because she she uh, she recognized the value of this redemptive suffering, and so she began to ask for prayer intentions from different people that she could offer her suffering for. And I'm just amazed, Kim, at, at how your son, at such a young age, has has such a profound faith and a profound understanding of, of the idea of redemptive suffering. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I, I mean, you know, I, I suppose he's responding to the grace that, that Jesus is giving him. And, um, you know, of course, we pray together as, as a family, but yeah, it, it is very beautiful. On, on one time when he was um, in the hospital, and again, things were going badly, and he had been, as I mentioned pr- previously, praying for the soul of ex-Cardinal McCarrick. But then that morning, he suddenly switched, and he began praying for my cousin, Tony, who had been suffering in a psych ward in the hospital. And we found out that morning that he had killed himself, the morning that Paul started praying for him. And it was so sad and so tragic for everybody in the family, and as suicide, of course, is. Um but you never know the power of prayer, and we always and we've been praying that his very last thoughts may have been turned toward Jesus. We don't know; we, we won't yeah. know. But right, yeah. And it, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that that our Lord chooses souls at, at times for particular forms of sufferings, and then sanctifies that suffering. And and in in the way, even though there's a there's a woundedness, but then in the soul suffering that there is a, a healing power that comes from it. It's a beautiful mystery of redemptive suffering. It's so inspiring, Kim, that you've had us been with us this morning. Anything else that you'd like to share just briefly? Just want to encourage families to, to pray together as a family. Thank you, Kim. God bless you, Kim. And please give my greetings to Sean and Paul and your whole family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kim, Heilman, Kim Heilman with us. Uh, incredible story.
We're broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. I'm Matt Wilkham with Father Kazel. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 